Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Talk to me about how now today with what you just said, your, your intuition, your voice is so loud for yourself. Like, how do you even tap into that? That's a really great question that I've been trying to figure out the answer to as more people ask me. I think to a certain degree, it's always been there. I remember I've just always been an observer ever since I was pretty young. So um, I remember just observing my peers in high school, for example, and being like, oh, well, that's a really bad decision. Noted. I'm not going to do that. So I'm like constantly taking notes in my head. Um, and I think what ends up happening is in the beginning when I didn't realize I was intuitive, I just saw it as, oh, I'm observing things and then I'm picking up on patterns and then I'm making decisions that way. But as I've gotten older, um, and particularly with certain things that have happened, like I completely shifted business models starting in 2017 partially because I had an intuitive hit that was like, oh, we are overdue for a crisis and your current business would not survive it. There was no rhyme or reason for this. There was no like, I mean, I was in finance and people are always talking about in my first business and people are always talking about a crisis in finance, but there was no reason for me to really believe that. Or maybe um, a month prior to, or not a month, a year prior to the pandemic coming, I actually moved out of my condo in Miami and moved back home. I had to move. There were a lot of construction issues in the condo. And now with what just happened in Miami with condos, I was like, mm, good move getting out of there. But um, there were just lots of issues. And I was like, I'm out of here. And I went back home. And part of the reason why I went back home was because there was, a, again, an intuitive hit that was like, something's coming. And when it comes, this is where you're going to want to be. And it was just a voice. A year later, we have the pandemic. And it's true. This is exactly where I wanted to be, not hold up in a condo. Um, and then in addition to that, when I hired Xenia, who you met, I just, I had this crazy sense of urgency when I hired her. I was like, I hired her at the end of 2018 and she was my first employee, which was already like a huge leap for me from my first business. And I was like, I, we got to get these systems figured out. We got to get this foundation figured out. I, it, it was so urgent. It was so like, we have maybe 18 months, 18 months is what we got. Right. And lo and behold, within 18 months, most of the systems and the structures were already taken care of. So when the craziness of 2020 happened, um, the avalanche that came to us in terms of like business, and then also the fires we had to put out at the same time, at least our systems were good. So now my team comes to me or, um, and they're like, okay, when Amanda gets on one of these kicks where she just gets a hit, we're just going to follow her because she's always right. Um, 
And then other things have happened, like clients have come to me. Uh, one of them is Adina. She runs a program called Immigrant Finance School. And she's like, hey, I worked with you in, I believe it was 2018, because you told me that all the world systems were going to come down and we were going to need new leaders. Well, it's 2020. Look where we're at. <laughs> Look at the state of the world. And I was like, I don't remember saying that, but I'm not surprised I said it. Um, or I had another client who's like, um, I used to have a column at Inc. And um, they came to me and they were like, hey, so remember when you wrote this whole article back in 2017, exposing the coaching industry for all the fuckery going on and how it was going to get exposed? Here we are in 2020 and 2021. So I was like, dang, there is something here. And I just could not really explain it. I always thought I was just picking up on patterns. And I'm like, don't people see this? Don't they see the same things I'm seeing? And then in 2020, I realized they don't. Yeah, um, but I, when, I, I I think people do see them, but they don't listen. So, maybe that's it. So, yes. So have you always been a person that has has listened to their to their gut, to their intuition, or did you have to? For me, I, I literally have to force it, like because I, I was so used to not doing that where not listening was kind of the precursor for everything. And so listening became new over the course of the last seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. H have you always been able to listen to your intuition or do you have to train this? I think I had to train it. I think it was always there. And I think we all always have it. Like I mentioned, I was a really good observer when I was a kid um, and I would take diligent notes, right? Based on what other people were doing. Um, but I will definitely say like as a young adult, I definitely did not listen. I did not good things as a young adult because I was not listening to myself and put myself in precarious situations. But I will say, I think my saving grace in a weird way is... Um, I got my dark night of the soul a little early in life. I was 21 and basically um, I got really, really sick in college. And now in retrospect, I realize it's because I had been dealing with depression for a long time. I'd been dealing with anxiety for a long time. I was angry over a lot of things that had happened in my life. I was also dealing with grief and loss of a family member. And I was not paying attention to any of that. I was just ignoring it still high functioning, still doing whatever. And then um, shortly after turning 21, I got really, really sick. Um, and it was to the point where I had to take a le medical leave of absence from school. So I actually um, did half of my senior year of college from bed at home on a medical leave of absence. Um, and when that happened, it started triggering a lot of panic attacks like a lot, like I was terrified of just going to sleep at night and even putting my head down because that's when the attacks would start. Um, and it was to the point when I did go back to school because I had to go back at some point and finish off my last semester. The only way I could finish was with anxiety medication. I couldn't get through. Um, and then that set me off on a journey to kind of figure out what the hell was going on. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why, why has no one taught me how to deal with my emotions? What is going on here? And then that led me toward a path of, you know, personal development, yoga, meditation, I think has been the big thing for learning how to listen to myself. And I started doing that about 10 years ago because I was just trying to find anything 
to help me deal um, with my anxiety. And um, uh, the other part of it was my whole first business started as a result of that too. Everybody knows the part, or if you know who I am, everybody knows the part where it's like, oh, Amanda graduated from college and couldn't find a job for six months and started freelance writing and talking about money. The part they don't know about because I didn't realize the connection to it was the year and a half prior where I was struggling with panic attacks. The panic attacks actually triggered me trying to go find solutions of which one of them turned into a business. One of them turned into just trying to heal myself any way that I could. Meditation came through that. And then through meditation, it's just learning how to listen to yourself. And I think when you have a lot of practice at it, um, there's a knowing that kind of comes with it and you know what it sounds like and you know what it feels like. Um, over time, I just trusted it. Um, you know, and, and the other thing is um, maybe in the beginning, it wasn't in the first few years, maybe I didn't trust it as much. I was still very scared. But then when I was 28 years old, um, a good friend of my uh, from college passed away really unexpectedly. Um, and he was only a few years older than me. So I was 28. He must have been 32, just dead, like just gone. And I still don't even really know what happened. I think it was a work accident. Um, and I just had this moment where I was like, holy shit, you're going to die someday. Like we're all going to die someday. And I don't mean to like get morbid, but it's more like that urgency came in of you have to listen to this voice. You have to at least try. Like if this voice is telling you to go blow up this business or help people in this way or take this risk or travel there, you have to follow it because you're going to die someday. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. How do you start to step through to make that pendulum swing to go from I'm blaming the world to recognizing that through my actions, I can create the life that I want to have? Yeah, so this is an interesting thought process and it, because it's something that I've actually been um, processing for myself for the last couple of days. I'm, I'm going through a bit of a, a journey right now in terms of redefining some things. And um, I think the first thing for me is I don't get to say out loud that anything is anyone else's fault. So it, part of it is, you know, I think oftentimes we feel like we have to make this massive change internally for anything else to occur. And I think sometimes we do just have to walk ourselves through it step by step. Whereas even if I think cognitively, oh, this happened because and it's this person's fault, I don't get to say it. I don't get to open my mouth. So my brain does not get to hear my voice say that there's anything to blame anyone else for. So that's kind of a first step in that it's a really practical thing, right? That, that you can do because your words carry massive power 
in your brain. And so that's a first step. I just don't get to say it out loud. Now, the second step is I have to squash it fast when I think it, right? So, you know, one of the ways that people do end up with a lot of blame is they dwell. They dwell on things. And the more that you dwell on it, the more power you give it in your thought process. And so for me, I have to, the second I identify anything, and look, as a business owner, it, it's so super simple to blame a lot of things going on in the world right now, and I won't go into them. <laughs> it would be really easy. And everyone around us is like, oh, yeah, no, this is why this and this is why. Okay, you know what? I don't get to. I don't get to. I get to figure out solutions. So what I look at is, number one, I squash the thought as soon as I have it. Number two, it doesn't get to come out of my mouth. But number three is anytime there is something that we want to blame someone else for, it's because we have not yet come up with the solution on how to solve that problem for ourselves. So if we can flip the script and go, okay, if I don't get to blame anyone else, it's me. If I'm the issue, guess what? I'm also the solution. I get to solve this problem. And so when we go into that thought process, then we always have something more to solve. And and when it comes to this thing of, you know, what's good enough, right? Uh, This is what I've been processing the last couple of days. So um, in fact, I was just telling someone this story yesterday. My husband and I, when we first met in Florida, it was literally our second date. We walked on the beach for four hours we were engaged in five weeks, married in less than six months. And honestly, if he would have asked me on that second date, I would have said yes. But we spent four hours walking on the beach, dreaming our life together. We talked about kids and houses and cars and all of these different things, vacations, the kind of, you know, the kind of stuff that that you get excited about. And what's interesting is today, 24 years later, we live every single one of the things that we discussed all of them. It it is our life. And yet I want more. I want more. It's not good. I mean, it's good, but it's not good enough because now that I am where I am, my responsibilities have changed. I know that I have to serve more people. I know that I have to give more. I know that I have to be more. And in order to do all of the things I need to do, I've got to have more. And so this whole thing of, you know, when is it good enough? When is it good enough? It really, it never should be. Because if it is, then we're not growing. And if, if we get to this point where everything is, now, that doesn't mean don't be content in the moment that you're in. And this is something that I struggle with because I'm very much, I'm, I'm so goal-driven that I always want to move forward. So struggling to be content in everything that I have while I'm driven to move forward is something that I constantly have to work on because it's very easy to get focused on the road and just go, okay, nothing's going to work until I get there, you know? Uh, But that's not, that's not a healthy way to go about it either. So it's, it's kind of this constant struggle of I'm content with where I am because this is exactly where I said I wanted to be. But now I know this isn't the destination. This was like a stopping point along the way. Yeah, I I love that. And I totally relate as a person who is so incredibly goal oriented and looks at life from a perspective of momentum and really needing to understand the way that momentum plays a role in your life, i.e., the faster you go, the faster things start to happen and get into this place where I watch my life evolve and change because of the choices that I make 
I, I'm in alignment with you entirely, but it's, it's so difficult, right? When you sit down and you go, okay, I want to have this, people lose sight of the ability that they have to create the life that they want to have. And, and I often, I've, I've said this many times, I believe that we live in the matrix. Are we in a simulation? No, probably not. But we are in this wonderful place in the world where now better than ever, we have the ability to create the framework of the life that we want. And it's literally at our fingertips. And I look at the last 18 months of my life and I go, these are the best 18 months I've ever had. And, and the next 18 will be better than these and so on and so forth, because I'm always thinking about what's next. And that comes from being able to tap into my intention. And, and I hear you very much as a person and, and from knowing you as this person who's able to not only tap into their tu- intuition, but bring it to fruition. But that starts so much with listening to yourself. Ha- has that always been something that you've been able to do? What, what was that been like? Because I know when, when I started like really getting serious about my journey to speak about Think Unbroken and step into this, I was like, okay, this is terrifying, but I'm going to do it. And every time I step further into my intent, my intuition and my gut, I just kept being able to prove myself right. What has that journey been like for you? So it's an interesting journey for me in that I think I am very intuitive, generally speaking. So I, I know what my intuition is. At the same time, um, I love to serve people. And so I often, in terms of finding my own voice, stepping into my own intuition and things of that nature, I have let that take a back seat to all of the things that I do because someone asked me to. And so a big part of that journey for me, and this has really only happened somewhat recently, is learning how to trust myself enough to say no. And I think this is probably harder for women, generally speaking, than it is for men. Uh, And especially when you're a mom and you're a wife and you've got all these demands on your time. Um, But understanding who I am and what I'm capable of is something that I've stepped into fully now. But I think for a long time, there's a little bit of guilt that goes along with that, right? Like if I, and and I'm going to say this specifically to women that are listening to this, because um, somebody really needs to hear it. As a mom, especially, we are made to feel guilty for starting our own business, for not being there with our kids every minute of the day when they're little, uh, for taking them to daycare, for you name it. There's like all of these kind of things that people associate with that. And what I want to say is you get to prioritize you. Just because you're a mom or a wife does not mean that you have to step back and take a back seat. You don't have to wait 18 or 20 years until your kids are grown to do the things that you are supposed to do. And so for me, where that really came into play is that when I started the catering company, I was six months pregnant with my youngest son and my husband was in Iraq. Okay. So I had two boys at home. He was deployed. I was six months pregnant with my youngest son, no experience in the food industry. Um, You know, just like it's when people say, when's the right time to start a business? Let me tell you. um, Yeah. I picked the the perfect time. (laughs) And the reality is there never is a perfect time. But there were people who gave me a hard time about like, is this really what your kids need from you right now? Well, you know what? Yeah, it was what they needed because they needed to watch me do the thing that I wanted to do because I was passionate about doing it because I knew I was supposed to. I knew I was supposed to. And so 
there was no question in my mind that I needed to move forward with it. And I think prior to that time, I might have let some of those outside voices steer me in a different direction. But I'm going to tell you, I was so crystal clear on what needed to happen at that point in my life that you could not have told me anything different. And in fact, so much that when I got the idea for that company, because initially I'd been in banking for a while and I could not stand the thought of going back to a desk job, right? I just, it's not me. I like to move. I like to be around people and sitting in front of a computer all day is not my gig. And so um, I, I was cooking for people because I enjoyed it. My husband was deployed. I was trying to keep my mind <laughs> occupied, right? And we had a fight over the phone about me spending the money he was making overseas you know, providing meals for other families. And, you know, so I had this idea that I could start this meal service, right? Uh, clearly, if people called me all the time because someone just had a baby or was in the hospital and needed some food, it's because there wasn't a service that was doing that for people. So that's where the concept came from. And I just knew that I could make something work. I had no idea what it was going to be at that time. I mean, it's turned into this massive company and, and you know, thousands of employees over the years and, you know, all of these other things. But at the time, it was literally just a way so that I could stay home with the kids and not go back to a desk job. And my youngest son, his playpen was literally in my commercial kitchen to give you an idea. So when I called my husband and said, hey, I've got this idea. Um, this is what I think I can do with this. He said, okay. And like for anybody who knows us, I'm the crazy idea person. He's the no man. Like that's his job is, is he's very supportive, but we have two very different risk tolerances. And so when he said, okay, I hung up on him and he was in Iraq. And yeah, there had been times where we had been on the phone and a bomb went off while we were talking. So, you know, maybe not the best thing in the world to do. Uh, but I also knew in that moment that the second he said, okay, figure it out. If I stayed on the phone with him, if I gave him any more time to talk, he would have talked himself out of the okay. So I needed to take the affirmation that I had at that moment and go with it. And three weeks later, we were knocking bricks out of the garage to turn it into a commercial kitchen, right? So when that intuition hits and you know that you know that you know that you need to move with something, it's important that you move fast before you have time to backtrack, before someone else gets in your head, you know? And, and that's how that whole thing went down. But there were people who, who did think, you know, this is not what your boys need from you right now. Well, yeah, it was exactly what they needed from me at that moment. And over the years, you know, now my older boys, they saw the struggles of that time because they were 10 and seven, right? So they, they remember how tired I was sometimes, and they remember some of the growing pains and all of that. But they look back at it now and are using some of those lessons to help them with other things that they're going through at the moment, because they know that if they can watch me go through that and do everything I've done over that time frame, that they've got a lot of strength inherently in them, um, just by virtue of being in that environment. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. 
and in that you you step into this thing about trusting yourself and about believing in yourself and and i know as an entrepreneur myself and trying to build things there's always these moments of the limiting self-beliefs and the negative self-talk and the the thing in your head that says are you crazy you're going to walk away from all these things to try to build your dream how dare you how do you navigate that like like as an entrepreneur as a business person as someone trying to create an impact change on the world how do you be louder than the voice that tells you you can't, shouldn't, don't, or won't? Yeah, I mean, in my case, it was it was about aligning with clients that kind of helped build me up. You know, I, I really have gravitated to clients who have been very complimentary, have been very generous, have been, you know, very, uh, you know, engaged with me and have actually helped me, like, realize, you know, what what I'm capable of and what like value I've brought to them. So I've almost kind of, you know, unfortunately relied on the reflection of the people that I've served and, and what they have shared with me on the impact that I've made in their business or in their lives and the relationship that we've built that has started to make me feel like, okay, this is why I want to, you know, continue these types of relationships because it's not just, oh, they're validating and gratifying, but they, there's a mutual respect. There's a partnership. Uh, there's, you know, a shared language that makes me feel confident. I can, I can be honest. I can be candid and that we're both accountable to each other and getting things done. You know, the role of a manager in my mind is to be a strategist and to keep nudging and helping encourage someone's creative dreams, but also to be the one that's kicking them in the butt as much as they are kicking you in the butt to say, Hey, this is like they say to me, you know, this is my dream. This is what I want to have happen. Like, help me, you know, so that mutual accountability and respect for each other, I think, drives both of us forward. And that's what's helped me kind of quiet those inner saboteurs or the critics that think like, who are you? You're you're a nobody. Like, look at all these other really amazing managers and agents and you know especially in LA you're surrounded by uh you know enough people that you can easily feel inferior but i know to the few clients that i work with or the uh, the many hopefully authors and speakers that i've worked with over the years that i hopefully have made an impact i have made a difference in in the success of their book or the you know getting out there as a speaker for the very first time or building something beyond what i could have imagine myself doing a long time ago. And then so every once in a while, I have to kind of hopefully reflect on how far I've come and what I and how I'm unique in this industry and not just another person that they could easily replace. And so I do try uh, to use all that <laughs> to help fuel. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is just working on yourself. And even if it doesn't relate to your to your job, I mean, I know all of the things that the practices that you have. I also meditate and work out in the mornings now, and I never thought I would be the person doing either of those things. Uh, and, you know, went vegetarian and just all the things that I do to try to take care of myself in different ways, I, you know, think has also really helped me in a, in an emotional and a mental way uh, because it just helps if you feel good, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to work better. You're going to, you're going to find, uh, you know, more joy, more confidence in what you're doing. And the stress that used to really sideline me and force me to self-medicate with weed and alcohol for years and years and years, 
uh, has dissipated. It's, you know, I've, I've got enough perspective now to say, yeah, you know, that's someone's upset. Someone's, you know, wants different results, this or that. Okay. You know, we go to work to solve them, but I let anxiety and stress and, you know, kind of crazy bosses that I had really run me ragged for a long time. And I've, you know, been working on walking out of that and, and really just owning what I want my experience of my career to be by being intentional about the people that I choose to work with. Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned that it's not as simple as just doing the things for your job or for your business. And I found just by doing the work for me first by proxy, that impacts everything in my life. Mm -hmm. But much like you, like I can rewind to a time 10, 12 years ago where I think personal development, self-help, these guys are full of shit. Like this is <laughs> nonsense. I'm never going to do any of this. And now it's like, it's almost the only thing that I do because one of the things I recognized was, um, if I'm the smartest person in the room, like I'm in the wrong room. And I just kept like trying to push myself more and more and more. One of the things that I found to be so incredibly beneficial and, and you kind of hearkened into it, but I want to go a little bit deeper was being surrounded by the right people in alignment and with my values and, and who it is that I want to be and what I want to build and become. Talk to me about the power of community in your life and how that impacts you, not only as an individual, but as a business owner and entrepreneur and, and as a human being. What, what is the power of community like for you? Yeah, um, well, you know, I, I, I struggle to think about a lot of communities that I really do feel like I'm, I'm an active part of. I've been part of this speakers bureau kind of speakers agency world. I've got a lot of connections within that. And that's been really amazing because a lot of us move around and then I continue to see the same faces and people. And it's great to feel like, you know, you've got a history, you've got rapport with a lot of different people that are passionate about what you're passionate about and are doing that and now can support you in a different way. And so that's been really amazing. You know, as you change jobs and move other places, the people who reach out and the people who kind of lift you up and, and, and encourage you and are been excited about your, your next venture and all of that. Um, but also coming out of business school, I've, I've taken on the responsibility of leading our LGBT alumni group for, um, for Anderson. Um, and that's, that's always been a little bit of like kind of my, my mission is getting involved in boards, getting involved in other, you know, nonprofit organizations that, that serve the community and that help align people with different connections. You know, even before I was a manager and an agent, I loved helping people just connect to jobs. If I heard about someone hiring, I would be going through my mental Rolodex to figure out if there's someone that I thought might be a fit for that. I've helped, I helped friends right out of college get their first job in New York and ultimately set them up for the rest of their careers. And I don't say that to brag, but just because it feels very exciting to me to be the one that can help align people with their creative dreams, with their things like that. So I think about the different kind of communities that I I've come from with my undergrad alumni or my now my business school alumni and and then different friends and, and colleagues I've met along the way and always uh, am, am grateful to hear from previous people who've worked for me who still want me to be a reference like five, six, seven years later because they know that I'll pick up the call and actually, you know, speak kindly about them and encourage them on those next things. So I think all of those different communities along the way have um, helped me, helped me connect and, and, you know, get, make connections, uh, that have been meaningful to my career, but also 
the joy of giving back and being able to help them has really probably been a lot more gratifying than anything they've ever done for me because I just have loved playing that role of connector and uh, being someone that hopefully people can come to when they're looking for their next gig or when they're asking for help with something. And um, I think it's just nice to be needed sometimes and to be the one that isn't looking for a quid pro quo from it. <laughs> and in that, when people are going through that and, and looking at pain often being this really interesting uh, kind of precursor for action, it, is there a way to, to do that and so that you're not only looking at it from the aspect of worst case scenario, but from the positive side of things? Well, I actually hope that people do, right? I, I actually try to, you know, yes, fear is a real thing, but it's actually pretty much created. So I try to always look at what, if you, let's say, let's say your goal was to make $10 million. Okay, cool. Why? Why, why, why is that important to Michael? And Michael would say, because then I can buy a nicer home. I can provide X or whatever the answer is. Okay, cool. Now you've at least associated something positive or something meaningful behind making this, this amount. Um, to answer your question, can you absolutely? That's probably the biggest thing I do when it comes to mindset. Why do we focus on the, the negative? So if you believe in the power of attraction, whether that's energy, uh, the law of attraction, if you believe that everything you focus on, actually you are able to manifest, which I truly do believe, then if you're focusing on negative, that will continue to come with you. And when I work with athletes, I see it every single day because when they are focused on what they don't want, guess what comes immediately? The thing that they don't want. But when they start to focus on what I really want, something positive, something maybe they don't even think they can obtain, it's amazing how the world just starts to open up for you. So sometimes I've had people be like, well, that's a little woo-woo, cool. It could be, but guess what? If it works, do you care? No? Okay, cool. Are you willing to try? Yep. All right. Let's give it a shot. So it's just amazing to me when you put it out there. And that's why I have every client I ever work with write down their goals. Then we verbalize it out to the world. And then we're willing to share it because then the universe, God, energy, whatever you want to believe in, I really don't care what you call it. It starts to provide for you. So that's probably a, just one small shift that we can all make is focusing on something positive rather than something that probably wouldn't even happen unless you put it out into the world. Yeah, you know, it's the old adage where where attention goes, energy follows. And mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it play out in my life so many times where, you know, sometimes I do stuff that's like, like literally I look at it, JM, I go, that's insane. Like I got... Grant Cardone to invest $10,000 into my business. Like that's insane. Like nobody does that. People are normally giving Grant Cardone their money. You know what I mean? I've spoken on stage in front of 10,000 people. I've traveled the world and back again. I'm just a kid from the hood who was homeless, but I made a decision and I put it in the world and I closed my eyes and I visualized it and I put it out there. And it's so funny to me when you sit down and you write your goals every day. And I've said this ad nauseum on this show, but hopefully people are really starting to understand it that when you do that, your energy goes there because it's that center of your mind. It's where you go. But I think so many times in life, people are just so focused and consumed on winning and the result and wanting the end of it. They're just like, I just want that thing. 
but but I don't know that winning is about the result. And and I know you feel the same. Talk to me about why winning is a mindset and why why that matters so much. Yeah, brother. I mean, winning 100% is all about the process. Talk to anybody that's ever succeeded to any level, whether it's in business or in sport, they will tell you it is the process. You can listen to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. They all talk about the process. So to think about, okay, for them, it's the NBA championship. That's a big goal. That's a big thing to try and accomplish today. So why would you put your focus and energy on that? What you would break it down to is, okay, that might be the end result. But what I have to do today is I need to go work out X amount of time. I need to take care of my body. I need to, you know, uh, read. I need to work out, whatever it is. And you start to do that every single day. And then you fall in love with the process because getting just a little bit better. And you've heard people say, I just want to get 1% better every single day. Just that goal alone, just by saying, you know what? I just want to get a little bit better today. What's amazing is whatever that end result is, it's going to be far more fulfilling if you just follow this, this process on a daily basis. So it's, it is that trick that everyone does. And you mentioned Grant Cardone again, he is, he is a guy that has pretty audacious goals and he just goes to work, puts his head down, goes to work. And so it's just, it's one of those things, man. It's like, don't worry about what's down the line. And I have a saying that I use with all my clients past is pain, future is anxiety present is everything because I can't do anything about the past. That doesn't mean all my stuff in the past is negative. It just means that if I'm sitting today thinking about how great it was in the past, that's a negative. If I'm sitting there thinking about how great it's going to be in the future, when, well, guess what? How good is my, my present moment today? So if you can trick your brain or yourself to every single day, just give a hundred percent today, it starts to just be this domino effect. It's like, Oh, today was an awesome day. Oh, the next day is an awesome day. And then when you keep just adding it up, it's like, holy cow, look what you can accomplish, but stop worrying about a, a year down the line, three months down the line tomorrow, be in the present and enjoy every moment. Cause that, that is the one certainty I do know. We don't know when our time is up. So you may as well get that everything out of every single moment. Just like I'm, I'm with you right now. I want to give you a hundred percent of my attention. And then when I'm done with this, I will go give a hundred percent to whatever my next project is. But right now I'm going to give everything and receive everything back from you. And it's going to be amazing. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. 
Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit, and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.